It's Thursday, May 23rd, and I'm feeling like, ah, screw this prep. This is Cockatrice Nuggets with Rich Frazier, serving you up a heaping helping of RPG nuggets straight to your gaming table. Wow, am I behind. I have like 40 anchor podcasts in my queue right now. Um, Man, does vacation put a damper on your hobbies. Nah, I'm just kidding. So I I went on vacation for a week and uh, I had a blast. It was like the first family vacation I've been on that everybody had a good time. Usually something goes wrong for somebody and it it spoils it, you know. Um, Some things went wrong, but I stepped up, took care of my shit and didn't bitch about it. So it was amazing. Uh, Anyways, it did kind of put a hamper on my my gaming, right? Because uh, I didn't prep this week and I had a game. My plan was to prep on the red eye, and that was a mistake, because I'm used to going to bed at like 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock. Uh, I, I'm crazy, and I'm old. Um, so when I got on that plane at 10 o'clock at night, I was white, you know? And uh, I was like, okay, so I'm just going to get myself in the mood. I'm going to finish Wonder Woman, which I started on the other flight. And uh, after that, I was like, I don't want to do anything. I just want to sit here. I just want to sit here and stare at the seat in front of me. I didn't even take much time to think about what the players were going to do, right? Because that would have required me pulling out my phone and looking at my notes and seeing where the hell they were. So, uh, yeah, I got to my game and I'm dry, right? I, I even had that Friday to, uh, I got home at like seven in the morning, slept till five. So I, I, I could have slept till four and got up and did an hour of prep, which I don't even think I need, right? Um, like a half hour max is, is kind of what I'm shooting for. So I get to the table and I'm like, uh, so this is what happened last time. And everybody's like, no, I don't think so. Not everybody. Half the table was like, no, I don't think so. The other half was like, yeah, I think so. And I was like, okay, well, let's talk about it then because we don't have to have that decision. Um, and I had thought that they had come out of the shadow realm. Um, but maybe we just talked about it and that it was a possibility and they had a way to do it. Um, I was pretty sure that they used a charge on the key. Um, They may have, they may not have. Uh, I I really don't know. So it was decided that they'd come back this week. Now we still have about six days, I think it was five days between um, this group and their second group of characters. So we kind of tried to match the timeline up. So they decided to take a week of downtime, uh, which is good. Yeah, I don't mind running downtime at the table. It, it, It is kind of better served uh, between sessions, but having a downtime game isn't isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? Because everybody kind of gets to go off on their own thing, and uh, we all do it together at the table. So um, we had some pit fighting, we had some research, we had some uh, gathering contacts. Uh, it, it, it all kind of worked out pretty good. Um, and this was like an hour into the session, and I was still like, I really don't know where I want to go with this, right? I, I really don't know what to throw out there, right? I don't have a strong start, which uh, I'm trying to do, right? So we get to a point where I'm like, okay, what do you guys want to do next? And they're like, we want to go see if our horses are there. For those of you not listening, they ditched their horses probably um, two or three weeks before when they went into the shadow room. They had no idea they were going to stay that long, so they just parked them outside, right? They just parked them outside and they explored this castle and they were like, hey, it's a portal. 
I'm going to go through it. So they went for their horses. And uh, I had already had a plan for them. They kind of made friends with the undead in the ca- who, were, um, who had taken over the castle. Uh, so uh, I made the undead take care of their horses. Um, they also got to meet uh, Alumanamax. And uh, I haven't decided quite what he is yet, but he is undead. He is not a vampire. Um, he, he uses some sort of ritual to transfer through the portal. Um, I jumped back to my session prep for that session. And I noticed I had a list of secrets, right? The Sly Flourish 10 secrets. So I, I had those ready for the players. If they were going to ask anything about the Shadow Realm, I had a bunch of information to, to dump out on them. So, they're at Castle Shadowcrag talking to Alumanamax, and they just, they, they fumble over everything, right? And, and I do this weird thing where, um, as a, a GM, I listen to the players discussing what they're going to talk about, and if I think that that's something they should know about, or if they ha- they're, they're seeming like they have a question about it, I will jump in as the NPC and um, answer that question, right? Um, does that all make sense? I think so, right? So they're discussing, hey, maybe we should ask, uh, ask this guy where the bank is and if he knows the combination to it. And I'll just jump in as the NPC and he says, the bank is located here, but I do not have possess that combination. You would have to find it somewhere else. And I think it works really well because the players don't have to risk asking risky questions. I can just dump that information and the NPC really if the NPC really doesn't care about that stuff, right? Um, so, even with doing that, they didn't touch my secrets, right? So, they just kind of asked about the portal, and that was it. And they were just like, well, I guess we're going to go. So, uh, they went back to town, and uh, the whole trip took six days. Um, they had uh, a small encounter, uh, two small encounters, I think. And I... Uh, I had rolled them on uh, a new book I got, uh, the Tales from the Old Margrave Kickstarter, just fulfilled. So uh, I was very excited to get that to the table because they are uh, Zobek is located right next to the Margrave in um, Midgard, and uh, Castle Shadowcrag specifically is in the Margrave. So uh, I pulled the PDF up, and it's got encounter tables, right? And this is, I think this is a rare thing for me to, to see such good encounter tables, right? I, um, these are like, these are not the, the encounter tables in Volos, right? These, these are not, um, like regular, uh, here's four monsters. This is what you got to do. No, these are all like at least a sentence long, maybe two sentences long of what's going on. Right. So, um, the first one, I think it was the first one, the first one or the second one, I don't remember. One of them was they found some footprints of Polydom. So, uh, yeah, that was the first one. So they find some footprints of Polydom, and uh, they end up in uh, basically a prairie dog town, right? There are these creatures in Mid- Midgard, uh, humanoids in Midgard called burrowlings, and uh, they're basically prairie dogs, and they live in little, like, um, what I imagined as a tiny sh- shire with nothing built up top. Um, Anyway, they go in there and they uh, they sneak around clunkily, so um, they uh, they they get attacked, right? And I could tell it kind of frustrated the players because 
I was basically popping up and attacking them and then popping back down, right? Which is, um, which is a totally fair tactic, which is something my players use. I'm not sure how much they've used it in this game because there's not, there's like one or two rogues. Uh, but in previous games I've used, uh, uh, with these specific players, they've done that sort of thing. Um, and I'm ducking down behind total cover, right? I'm popping out of a hole behind them and going back down. So it kind of frustrated one of the players and he like just charged, you know, used all his movement, spent a key point and you moved even farther towards this direction. Um, so I did it again, <laughs> right? Because if you're going to defend your, your town, right, you're going to, you're not just going to jump out there and be like, hey, I'm a one a CR one quarter, which is, you know, I've got 17 hit points. Hi, how are you guys, Mr. Fourth Level? I think we could take you, right? And I mean, with bounded accuracy in fifth edition, I probably could have taken it, right? Uh, these prairie dogs would have lost a lot of lives though. Basically every attack they had would kill one of them. And I had um, a, a whole town, a whole little, you know, enclave of prairie dogs. So I could have, I could have probably easily wiped them out should the prairie dogs have wanted to whatever. <laughs> um, so I've been reading through uh, Ultraviolet Grasslands recently. Um, uh, he gave a copy out to his Patreon um, supporters and I think his Kickstarter supporters as well. Uh, but anyway, so I got a look at that and uh, he's got this really great encounter chart in there. It's um, 3D12s. The first encounter, or the first die, is the encounter, the encounter, right? What happens? Uh, the second die was the intensity of the encounter, and the third die is the reaction roll. And you just drop these dice all together, and boom, you've got it right there. Um, so I kind of improvised the same thing, right? I, I, I don't know if I'm going to make up a chart for this, but, you know, it was, uh, it, it, it seems pretty easy, you know? Who they are, what they're doing, how they're acting. Um, I really like it. I really like reaction rolls. I feel like it, it builds this, um, every combat is not a combat, right? Every encounter is not a combat theme. Um, and my players are, you know, usually get pretty good on it. Anyways, I rolled a three for, um, for the, uh, reaction on a 20 sider. So that's pretty low, right? That's 15% and under. Um, so I already had like a negative reaction to them, right? And then they come creeping, try, trying to sell onto the land. Um, so I don't know where I'm going for this, but that, that, that was the background going on in my mind. So eventually, um, I, I think I had, I had one, two, three, four, five players. Two of them are like, let's kill these little things. And the other three are like, look, we, we haven't done anything. You know, if, if someone broke into our bar, we'd We'd attack them, right? And that's all they're doing here. And they're like, well, they didn't have a sign. And, you know, and somebody's like, well, maybe they're animals, you know? Maybe they just pee and that's their sign and we just didn't see it. Or maybe there's some other sign that we didn't see, right? Um, so eventually they calm down, uh, the other two, and um, they talk to the leader of the town. They find out, oh, we're just, we're just some prairie dogs hanging out, right? Uh, you walked into our town, so that's that, that's what's going on. 
Um, so that was that was a really good encounter, right? And and this is from this this encounter table in Tales of the Old Margrave, which so far looking at it, there's some really good stuff. I've really only read the first chapter, um, which is like the introduction. The rest of it is all different adventures. Um, I playtested one of the adventures uh, with this group actually as one of their introduction introduction yeah introduction adventures. Um, so they've already got kind of a taste of it, even though they really don't know it. Um, I, I tend to use a lot of pre-written stuff um, that they don't know about. Right? We were kind of talking about that at the table too. So I don't remember what it was, but we were talking about. Um, the Watsi Adventures, and I was like, oh, I've already used a lot of stuff from that book, you know. Um, you'd be surprised how much I, I throw in and reskin and reuse. Um, at any rate, so the second encounter was um, three awakened trees who had just knocked out a woodcutter uh, who was trying to cut one of them down. And that was another really great encounter because the trees were like circling him, um, unsure of what to do, basically. And uh, when, when they came up, when the players came up, they just kind of backed off, right? Um, and then they left the body between them. Uh, and they kind of spoke to each other and found out the trees spoke common and they woke the woodcutter up and he was like, um, the trees are devils, you know, this is devil's forest. They steal children, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, so the players like uh, took this guy into custody. Actually, uh, the paladin laid hands on one of the trees and healed his, uh, his wounds from that, the woodcutter. Uh, they took the woodcutter back to his home, right? And they were like, why do you live here? And he was like, you know, we got no place else to go. But he wasn't that nice about it. He was kind of a super dick. I think the wife said, you know, was nicer about it. Um, so they decide to put this guy up in Zobek, right? They, they, they're sitting there trying to figure out how much it will cost for uh, like a month's rent for this guy. And uh, I look it up and, you know, it comes to 10 gold for like, just to set him for the month, you know, uh, food and lodging for the month. No problem. Um, and they're like, 10 gold? Hell, we'll drop that. So um, I think that's going to come back. I, th I think that was a really positive thing for them to do. So I need to make that come back positively somehow. Um, I'm not sure exactly how, but uh, I'm thinking maybe as a contact or a follower, um, maybe a henchman even. Uh, it'd be interesting to uh, get a henchman in here. Um, we've already got one, but the player is not showing up at all. Uh, the player has, um, I feel like the player's not coming back. And it, it kind of sucks because the table invested a lot in this player. Um, I don't think, I don't know. I don't know if they realize the player's not coming back um, or you know, maybe maybe the player, because they, they play with this player outside of my game as well. Uh, so I don't know if they, they're having some conversation that I'm not with the player that makes them think that the player's gonna come back, but I really feel like the player is just kind of dropped. Which is a shame because this is the player who has the, this player, first of all, has an amazing grasp on the rules. Um, I drop a rule book in front of her and she eats it up, right? Um, I dropped strongholds and followers in front of her and uh, she was like, oh no, we should do this, we should do this, we should do this. And uh, she really like encouraged the players and 
and tried to make a case for who would be the best to hold the stronghold, right? And um, she was like, I, I plan on multi-classing this way anyway, so is it all right if it's me? And everybody's like, hell yeah, that sounds badass. Um, and then she got a follower out of it, and it's just kind of been languishing there, right? They they don't really use the stronghold too much. They, um, I mean, the stronghold is their bar, so that's kind of their uh, base of operations. That's what they use it for. Uh, but they don't use the stronghold powers. Um, the, the player's not there to use the, the powers gifted by the stronghold to her. Uh, the player's not there for uh, her um, follower or hireling henchman. That's the word. Her henchman to, um, you know, be there with the players, you know, in the combats. So I feel like it's a real wasted opportunity. Um, I don't know if I'm going to bring that up or not. I think maybe I should. I think this falls under that uh, good communication thing. I think I will talk to her and find out what her plan is, right? Um, and I want to encourage her to come back because uh, I, I really like gaming with her. I really like um, I really like her style of gaming, right? She like knows the rules hardcore, but she's uh, really into the role play. Um, she's uh, she she plays like me, right? She's uh, she's a min maxer who is into the role play, and I, you know a lot of my group is this way, uh, but she just does it really smart, right? She um, she's really good about this uh, the the way that she does it. Anyway. Um, so, I don't even know where I was. They got back to Zobek. Um, and the previous um, uh, downtime session, they had uh, uh, contacted, like, the richest person in town. They, they were trying to contact the richest person in town and get to know them. So, uh, anyways, there was it, the, the trip took six days, and the players elected to do another week of downtime. So again, there was a little downtime session, which took maybe 20 minutes this time, half hour. Um, and the second one was a little better because they had already like kind of done some stuff and had it rolling around in their head, I think. So um, it ended up working out a little better for them. Um, so like I had mentioned, they, they had um, tried to get a meeting with this, uh, this rich person, uh, Graymark. He's like the master of money in Zobek. Um, he collects the tolls and tariffs for the city. He uh, sends people out to um, the, the, there's like a, a, a castle that tolls all the barges that come through the Zobek area. Um, there's also um, a couple of uh, forts like that, I assume, in the area that uh, do that. Um, I, I'm actually not really sure. Um, anyways, but he, he manages all that toll stuff. So this time before the conversation, they throw down some bullet points. They're like, what do we want to accomplish? They were, uh, I want to be your friend. I want to make money. Uh, and uh, can you help us with this gang problem? So uh, I want to be your friend kind of fell flat. Or actually, so before this, I was like, okay, so the second one looks bad, you know? You, you want money from this guy. I don't understand. And uh, they were like, okay, so we want to ask him for jobs, right? 
Um, they, they want to go in there saying, I have a particular skill set. And, you know, do you have anything you can do for me? Or I can do for you. Um, so I, I accepted that. That sounds way better than we want some money, dude. So they go in there and the first one just falls flat. Right, you want to be my friend. That's why, that's why we, we're having this meeting, right? Otherwise, we would have met at my office if this was business, right? Uh, instead of at this bar. So that's what we're doing here. We're trying to be friends. And they're like, okay, cool. So uh, this is what we got, you know. And he's like, I don't hire adventurers, man. Uh, if you want to be guards, it, it pays significantly less than adventurers u- adventuring usually pays. Uh, but, you know, I can, I can hook you up with that. Um, and, uh, he re- revisited that point later and said, Hey man, you know, I got, I got shear cutter jobs too, if you want that, but that pays significantly less than guard duty. So like, I don't know, uh, I don't really have need for your, your, your skill set, but you know, if something comes up, I, I will think about it. And I think that was, um, the second time that, uh, someone in the session had put a pin in their abilities and went, okay, if, if I need you, I'll call you. Um, I'm not sure who that first person was though, but I feel like I said that twice, you know? So, uh, they move on to the third one. Hey, can you help us with this problem? And he's like, wait a minute. Are you accusing me of being in league with these guys? Cause how am I going to help you? And he was like, they were like, oh no, we just want you to set up a meet. And I'm like, I, I see these guys once a month when they pick up their collection money, you know? Um, collection money? That sounds weird. They're extortion money, right? They're protection money. Um, so he was like, next time I see him, I'll tell him that you want to meet. Um, and I need to, I need to put a date on there of when they come by and collect the, the money. I'm going to go back a couple sessions and see when I, uh, introduce that stuff. And, uh, I'm just going to put an abstract date, probably the middle of the month. Cause that's about where they are. That way I can have Graymark set up the meeting. They can come to collect their, um, their extortion money and we can go from there. Now, this is where I think I made a mistake. So what was the big mistake? What did I do? I backed the player's move. I encouraged the rest of the group to follow one player's idea. Now, is this something I should have done? I don't know. Is this something that I can come back from? I think so. Um, Is this gonna affect my overall game? I don't think so. Um, So what happened is uh, they were talking to uh, Graymark about, you know, this this, uh, gang, right? And uh, they were trying to decide what they wanted to do with them. Uh, because they, they said to Graymark they wanted a meeting, but then they realized that, you know, at the meeting, there's, they're just going to say, we don't want to pay. They're going to say, we want you to pay. And both parties are going to walk away at the same place. So they don't want to play based on the principle. Um, they want to try to smash them, right? Um, and they're not going to be able to do that. So one of the players said, why don't we try to infiltrate him and kill him from the inside? And someone was like, no, nah, that would never work. Yeah, that wouldn't work. And I jumped in at that point. And I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. You should do that. That's a good idea. Why don't you guys do that? 
And uh, I don't know. As an impartial judge in a sandbox hex crawl campaign, um, which mine is, my players are not very hex crawling. And, and that's all right, you know. Uh, my players are used to stories, and that's all right. So it's taken a while to get through their head that they can do whatever they want to do. Um, and it's getting there, right? But I feel I might have set it back by, by doing this, by injecting an idea, even though it wasn't my own, I, I, I encouraged an idea. and More than encouraged. I told them to do it. I was like, yeah, you should do that. That's what you should do. Um, I don't know if I was tired if, or if I wasn't tired, if I wouldn't have done it. I would have thought a little more of it, but I thought it was a great idea, and it it inspired me in that moment. I think it uh, it made me want to sit down and write. You know, I was like, "Oh, the things I could do," and I'm already thinking about ten things I could use from stuff I've read. I'm already, you know, setting the machinations going through my head. You know, how it's going to work, what level they're going to have to be to kill this guy, blah blah blah. And uh, it's going to be amazing, right? This is uh, this is some epic shit, I think. Um, and again, I I feel all right about it, right? Um, I'm wondering though if if in a traditional sandbox game, me being a judge, not a dungeon master, but a judge, an impartial impartial arbitrator of the world, if uh, if I did the right thing, because that's definitely not impartial. Um, I'm going to have to say, though, it, uh, it goes along with some of my theories of gaming, right? And uh, I, I, I read Dungeon World, and I was very inspired by it. And one of the things I really got from Dungeon World was be a fan of the players. Um, can't say it better than that, right? Be a fan of the players. Uh, somebody else, I think it was Matt Coville, said... Um, when you're prepping, try to kill your players. When you're at the ta- table, give them every benefit of the doubt you can. So, I try to pay, play with those two things in mind, right? Anyways, I want to pose this question to you all. Um, call in, email me, um, however you want. Uh, go to go to Anchor FM and do a call in because I like those the best. Um, or start your own podcast. Do it on your own podcast. But answer this question. I want to hear the answer to this. Is it a good idea in a hex-crawling sandbox campaign as an impartial judge to influence your players to do something specific? All right. Um, That's about where my game ended, I think. Uh, They talked to Greymark a little bit more. And I can't think of uh, much else we did after that. We kind of closed up the session at 11 o'clock kind of naturally right at that moment um and uh yeah everybody felt like it was a good session it wasn't a uh it was a it was a very hodgepodge session it was like uh when you cook dinner and you just pull out a bunch of frozen stuff and you're eating mexican and indian and american and there's like you know something from everywhere and it's all just good stuff so you love it um so yeah i loved it it was good That's all the nuggets we've got this week. Show notes available at slackernerds.com. Want to reach out? Send a voice message using the new link in my show notes, the Anchor FM app or website. Email me at my new email address, 
cockatrice-nuggets at gmail.com, and check out my blog at Slacker Nerds with links to my Patreon and all my other socials. Come join us on the Audio Dungeon Discord server linked in my show notes. This podcast is ranked via iTunes, so leave me a review and some stars there. Share it with your friends or shout it from the rooftops. However you want to get the word out is great with me. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.